Welcome to Future Hindsight. I'm Mila Atmos. Today on Future Hindsight, we're talking to Joe Hardigan. He is a retired New York City Fire Department lieutenant and a resident of Rockaway, Queens, for the last 34 years. He's a passionate advocate for his community and was the driving force behind getting ferry service from Rockaway to Brooklyn Army Terminal and Wall Street Pier 11. He volunteered tirelessly for the ferry and continues to advocate for the revitalization of the Rockaway area after Superstorm Sandy in 2012. This episode is New York-centric and we bandy about acronyms and names that are familiar to us locals. The EDC is the Economic Development Corporation. NIMTEC is the New York Metropolitan Transportation Council. C-Streak is a private ferry service covering New Jersey, New York, and in the spring to the fall, all the way to Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and Boston. Even if you're not familiar with New York City, this is a fascinating conversation about commuting, public transport, ferry service, and subways. And of course, Joe's high level of civic engagement. His activism for ferry service all over New York is a main focus of our conversation. Joe, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us on Future Hindsight. You are an exceptional example of civic engagement in action and a true inspiration. Thank you. Why are you getting involved at this level? What's your motivation? Well, my motivation is to improve a neighborhood. Rockway is on the beach. The city never touts Rockaway as a destination. If you put in ferry service and you saw how it worked out over in Jersey, Rockaway would take off on its own. That would be the stimulus for an economic revival. The first day the ferry was in, there was people from Sweden asking where there's a seafood restaurant in Rockaway getting off the boat. So that, that was pleasing to see. People liked the ferry, and people who never took the A train into Manhattan are now taking the ferry in to go out to eat, go out for the day in Manhattan. How did you get started with this idea? Well, when I was working as, in Lower Manhattan as a fire lieutenant, the ferry came in across the street from my firehouse. And during the tour, you would be in and out of the subway, and then you'd be over at the ferry dock. And you'd start to realize how much more relaxed and how much more people like taking the ferry as opposed to the train. And I also realized that there wasn't a big infrastructure investment. We have the spot in Rockaway. We have the spot in, in Lower Manhattan. If I can attract two or three hundred of these new young kids starting out on Wall Street, the place will take off on its own. And that's basically what I've been pushing. You mentioned that you started in 1995 to 1996, approximately. Right. right. And that a full-fledged ferry service didn't start until 2017. Right. Well, there was a couple of starts and misses in between. And the storm really... If I want to give credit to anybody, it was the storm. But I also jumped right on that, called up EDC, uh, and the ferry team that was there because they want to put it in because the A train was out. And I said, please don't give us a fishing boat again. Please make sure we have the right boat. And Sea Streak, Jim Barker, was very helpful in, in setting up the schedule uh, that was similar to his schedule going to Jersey. Fortunately for us now, the mayor is big on ferry service. Even though I'm a registered Republican, I don't pass up an opportunity to thank him for putting the ferry in. 
that's uh, to his credit, the mayor is not waiting for you to contact him. And I have read some of your letters and your engagement, and you are completely tireless. How do you keep going if there is no response or negative response? And as I mentioned, you started in around 95. How do you keep motivated well, for, in all this? Fortunately for me, I'm now retired and, and I have a pension. And uh, some people like to go play golf. I don't like to do that. And I see the potential and I pick this one thing. But things take a long time. Well, do you have any peers that are, let's say, your co-compatriots in making this happen? Or are you essentially by yourself? To a certain extent, I'm by myself, but in the sense that other people realize the potential and have helped somewhat. You have to have someone that's willing to go to most of the meetings and show up and keep pushing the point, keep pushing the point. Can you tell us a little bit about the nuts and bolts? Like, how did you actually do it? Did you go to meetings? Did you knock on people's doors? Because I think that would be really helpful for people to understand. Well, first of all, when I first got involved in this, I was working in Lower Manhattan. So fortunately, with the fire department schedule, you could get off a day if there was a meeting. You were already in Manhattan. I also took the time to visit all the ferry stops in New Jersey. I would go to community meetings. My kids were, at the time, in grammar school. They could be home by themselves. I, I had the free time to do that. But you still have to have the push to go do it. And you have to be a little bit focused and stay at it. The most important thing to me in the city of New York is getting to work and getting to school. It's not everything else. It's the most aggravating thing, and it's the thing that you do five days a week. Yes, indeed, we do it five days a week, and it is aggravating. I also realized no neighborhood is going to revitalize if a woman, black, white, green, purple, doesn't want to get on the A train five days a week. Get on the ferry, you feel safe, there's a snack bar, there's a clean bathroom, and if you take the 715 in in the morning, you're with your friends, and people actually get annoyed if they don't catch the right boat going home because they have their group of friends that they sit there for 45 minutes and maybe even have a beer and, and come home. And I've even been witnessed at the dock where the boat came back from Manhattan late at night, like 8, 39 o'clock, and people didn't want to get off the boat. How long does the A train take by comparison? Well, the side of the Rockaway that I live on, we have the shuttle. Mm -hmm. So first you have to get to the train station, then you have to take the shuttle, then you have to switch it broad channel, and then you take the A train. Okay. And I've looked at my watch and been at a meeting at 2 o'clock and parked in broad channel so I didn't have to deal with the shuttle. And when I got out of my car in my driveway, it was 5 after 4. Two hours. Wow. Now, the ferry is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. If you work in lower Manhattan, it's ideal. And it's not going to solve all the transportation problems. I'm also working on the Rockaway Beach line. That's an abandoned train line. And I've been at that almost as long as I've been at the ferry. Uh, one thing I don't really do is I don't get involved in rallies and protests so much. Right. You go I'll, to uh, meetings. Planning meetings. Or if NIMTIC has a meeting or if there's a development meeting, I'll show up for that. It's a waterfront conference. It's $150 to go. There's going to be a safety management for, for ferry boats in the spring. It's over 200 to go. I may pay for that in my own pocket and go. So 
If you're not willing to dip into your own pocket for a little bit, it's pretty hard to be an activist. Can you explain what NIMTEC is? The New York State Metropolitan Transportation Council, where they do planning. And that's where I'll show up. My next big thing, too, is moving freight, DHL, FedEx, around by water. How about Fresh Direct by water? My big thing is that I want from a ferry operator or someone delivering freight or going to Kennedy Airport, I want part of their operation out of Rockaway and hire the kids from Rockaway. I understand. Part of your motivation is that you want to create jobs in Rockaway. Right. When I stand by the dock and I see a family, whether it's black, white, whatever, get on the boat with a wife and two kids who are three generations and they're going out to eat, I said, that's a, that's a pretty good reward for me. I try to go to New York City tourism companies and the number one tourist destination in the country is going to the beach. New York City never promotes Rockaway number one tourist destination in New Jersey is the Jersey Shore, and it's worth $32 billion. So I figured out, well, Rockaway's 11 miles. We should be worth $2.6 billion annually to New York City's economy. So I'm half wrong, 1.3. still a lot of money, and it would create a lot of summer jobs for the kids. How many meetings do you attend in a year, you think? Well, so far, this is five. All right. So about one a week. Approximately. One or two, depending on what comes up. If you look at a proper ferry map, the proper ferry map is really a good election map. If only a million people vote in the New York City mayoral election, and if you look at a ferry map, plus the, the areas that want ferry service, that's a pretty big voting block in the next mayoral election. Yes, that's a good point. For, for example, they left out flushing. Flushing to Wall Street, I don't think it would be more than 35 minutes. 40 minute tops. If you took the train and then a switch down, it could be over an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, it takes forever from Flushing. Right. And then you would connect Chinatown to the new Chinatown. It would help tourism. I'm big on what I call reverse tourism. Every ferry stop throughout the city should be a destination. There should be a reason to go the other way. People take the ferry into Manhattan to work, then come back the other way and go to uh, the beach in Rockaway or if you're visiting Lower Manhattan, take the ferry to, say, Flushing. Go out to a restaurant in Flushing. Or go to the Queen Science Center. No yes. one is promoting any of that. That's a good point. Getting right. to the Queen Science Center is really painful. And Correct. I do it once a year, every year, to go to the Maker Fair. And it's always such a chore. You know, well, Or go to Coney Island. I sort of have like an informal group. When you go to meetings, you meet other people that want ferry service in their area. I usually keep their contact. And if I know of a meeting or they know of a meeting, they'll let me know. And what's good about that, no one's really looking to be in charge. You're just trying to help each other and get things done. That's really nice. I will say that in the summers when there is boat service to Governor's Island for activities there, that's a lot of fun. I agree with you that if we had proper ferry service that is promoted as a destination to go to Rockaway, people would go. And I know a lot of people who go surfing in Rockaway. And That's they complain about how difficult it is with a surfboard. You basically have to drive. What I tell the city is every day someone comes to Rockaway is another weekend they do not leave the city. Yes. We talked about flushing to Chinatown, flushing to Wall Street. Think about what would happen if that was a steady ferry service right there and you could go to the tennis matches there by ferry or, or city field. You talk about the economics. That's really what makes this 
viable as a conversation, right, right, for the Economic Development Corporation, for the citizens of New York, because if you can travel to and from work with more ease for the same amount of money or maybe less, one of the points that you touched on is the Staten Island Ferry and that it's free. And how is that possible that they get a free ferry and Rockaway doesn't? But nonetheless, I think those things are really important and people don't think about them. People don't pay attention. And if we had more commuters pay closer attention, maybe we would have more success in getting the kind of transportation that would be seamless. Well, the big thing about the ferry, there's no real big mistakes. What I mean by that is I put a ferry into Canarsie and it doesn't do as well as we thought. We pick up the spud barge, we pick up the boat, and we move it. The economy changed, we could bring it back. Fulton Street train station, $4.2 billion on one train station. And um, now we can't put any more people on the train. When they talk about the cost of the Rockaway Ferry or any ferry line, they're talking about the cost of the subsidy to the ferry operator. But when they talk about subway bus fare, they don't talk about the cost of building it mm-hmm. or building a new train station or the lawsuits. When they make a payment for subsidy, EDC or the city of New York, they're paying everything up front. It's not really apples to apple. Yes, this is uh, really important to note. When I look at ferry service, I look at a tourist as, say, like a gas pump with the numbers spinning, the dollar amount. The faster they get around, the more money they spend. Think about how many people that live in New York City and the outer boroughs never take a one-day trip into Manhattan. Really? Yeah, so a lot of people don't come in. It's tough. Right. Just like I complain about going to Coney Island for a day, they complain about going to Manhattan for a day right. trip. Well, so how about if you took a young kid and your mother? You get on the ferry, someone has to go to the bathroom, there's a bathroom. There's a snack bar. Everybody's friendly. There's security cameras all over the place. You feel safe. I've, I've talked to women who've left their laptops on a seat, gone to the bathroom and come back. Would you do that on a subway? Well, could you even find a clean bathroom on the subway? There's no bathroom on the subway. Right. I have a question about your letters. They are so well-researched, and your questions are really hard-hitting and on point, especially on the money side. How much time do you spend researching everything and doing the calculations? And not only that, what is your experience with uh, the response from the city? Because essentially, you demand accountability from these people. And do they actually become more accountable? If you make a statement, I know who to check the statement that you made, whether it's true or not. And I know where to look. So you can't get up in front of a crowd with me sitting there and make a statement that's just not true. And that's why I'll show up to the meeting. And that's why I'll show up to Roosevelt Island when they have a meeting on ferry service. And I'll sit in the audience and I'll listen to what EDC has to say or a politician. Like a politician will say, well, you have to fight hard for ferry service. Yes. You're a state senator. Yes, I am. Well, did you know that one-third of the Staten Island Ferry subsidy is state money, 32 or $33 million a year? What money are you bringing to the table? And then they go silent. Well, my guess is that the state senator doesn't even know that. Correct. I cannot tell you how many city council members do not realize that the Staten Island Ferry is free. Now, 
Staten Island Ferry should not be free, and I'm the, I'm the guy that's saying that all the time. But no one on Staten Island should pay a double fare, and no one on Staten Island should have more than a 45-minute commute. And what do you mean by double fare? Well, there's very few people on Staten Island that walk to the ferry, get off the ferry, and then walk to work. Right, they take a bus to the, the ferry. ferry. So they pay that fare. They yes. shouldn't, shouldn't then again pay to get on the ferry. ferry. Or if they get off the pay or to get on a ferry, they shouldn't pay to get on the train. The, the tourists ride the ferry for free. And I've been screaming, basically what you're doing by letting them ride the ferry for free, I equate it to being in a, in a hockey game. You, they wait 15 minutes, they take the half hour ride there, they get off, they take the ride back. We basically put them in a penalty box for an hour and a half. What do you mean by that? Well, when they're on the Staten Island Ferry, they're not spending any money. So you took them off the street in Lower Manhattan, put them on the ferry for free. They ride the ferry for an hour and a half, and they're not spending any money anywhere. And it's all about sales tax and revenue. Yes, I hear you. I like the way you think and the way that you uh, approach Tourism and transportation, you've been doing this since 95, 96. Everybody must know you. What is the most efficient way in the last 24 years of your experience that you have been able to get attention or get things done or been able to push your agenda forward? You make it a political issue, a political thing for the next borough president. Other people, not just me, has made ferry service an issue in the last mayor election. That's why Bloomberg put in the ferry service for two years during the election cycle. It was a fishing boat. It was terrible. It you was know? terrible. Why did it last two years? Well, what happened was it was a year before the election. It was terrible because it, they used one boat. It was an hour in, an hour back. So it was almost two hours between the first ferry in and the second ferry in. And since they only used one boat, one first boat was real early. And the second boat in was kind of late. You need more than one ferry, for sure, to right. run a proper ferry service. Right. But no fairness to EDC can't afford to run a 350-passenger ferry boat back and forth on a half an hour for 30 people. Clearly, you appreciate that you're doing this and you're investing in the community. Tell me why it's important for everybody to invest in his or her own community in terms of activism, and maybe not exactly to your extent, but to care, well, to be aware of the issues. I've had people come up to me and say to me, Joe, you know what you ought to work on next? And I said, no, it's what you should work on next. I see other people doing Little League. I know someone that ran the Summer Classics in Rockaway. And it's usually not the wealthiest person in Rockaway either, which is interesting. you got to pick something and stay with it. And ferry service does kind of expand into other things on transportation. And you run into the Port Authority. And a lot of times when you deal with public officials or entities, people get paid whether they do something or they do nothing. If they do nothing, there's no downside to it. What I mean by that is you can't make a mistake. You still get a paycheck. They get paid whether they do something or they do nothing. And that's frustrating. You said in one of your letters, if you see something, say something, which is a slogan we see on the subway every day. And right. if our listeners are not from New York, they don't know this, that we see it on the subway every day. And I like that you used it. You really take it to heart. So what's your best advice for anybody who would like to be a community activist? If you're, if you're going to pick something, realize that um, 
not everybody's going to do equal amount of work. Not everybody's going to show up. And you just kind of have to start focusing. And you got to realize in dealing with a politician, it's all about the picture. It's nothing else. I can't tell you how many times I've had, I support the ferry. Well, what exactly do you mean by supporting the ferry service? People accuse me sometimes of being too aggressive. I look at this city's budget. I look at what Staten Island gets. I love Staten Island because I use Staten Island as an example for everybody. They, they have one-fifth the population of Queens, and they get a free ferry for $130 million. They got economic redevelopment of their waterfront. I've said if they want to get rid of that borough president, I'll take them in a heartbeat. You'll take him in a heartbeat. Does yes. mean you would run for borough president? No, I'd love, I'd love him to come to Queens. Uh, he would come to Queens and be borough president. Yes, maybe you should run for borough no, president no, in no. Queens. No, no. I'd be entertaining, though, but, yeah. but uh, <laughs> no, thank you. You do a lot for Rockaway and therefore for Queens, of right. course. But getting back to that, I always kind of admired Marty Markowitz. Oh, yeah, he's very Marty effective. Marty Markowitz, I'm telling you right now, he sold Brooklyn like you would not believe. I mean, if you told me 10 or 15 years ago that people be walking around with Brooklyn hats on and and being proud of being from Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn is probably hotter than lower Manhattan. Oh, yeah. It's expensive not to live in Brooklyn. I actually tease Marty. I want him to run for borough president of Queens. He, he should. should. But uh, I think that would be maybe bad for his own reputation uh, in terms of having been borough president for right. Brooklyn. You talked about just now that you need to recognize not everybody is going to do the same amount of work. And would you say that you should start with your passion if you're going to be an activist, something that you really care about in order yes, to jump in? I would in? say that, too. And what also happens is you have to go to other parts of the city that got what you want. If you're passionate about a dog park, mm-hmm. go look up where the best dog park is. Find out. Go to the community board there. Or go to the politician there, who led the fight here. The cheapest way to learn is from somebody else's mistakes. I say that all the time. I want to read this note that you put at the end of your letter because I think it's so good. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it. Uh, You signed your letter, your 14-page letter to the EDC. It says, note, I'm not a paid lobbyist, member, or employee of any ferry company, nor am I affiliated for any nonprofit agency working for the highest donor. Just Joe Hardigan, a New York City born and raised individual seeking improved quality of life for myself and my fellow neighbors through improved transportation. And by the way, is anyone interested in becoming Rockaway's guardian angel? One thing I'd have to say, and it's really a little bit of an unsung hero, is my wife. My wife has had to listen to this for 24 years and had to correct my these, thems, and those on my letters. So my wife has been very supportive, so I'd like to thank her. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Joe's approach to civic engagement is singularly focused around improving the quality of life through ferry service for his community. He's a meticulous and diligent researcher, starting with visiting other ferry service terminals and going to community board meetings, to attending conferences on safety management for ferry boats and learning from other people's mistakes. His starting point in realizing that ferry riders are much less stressed than subway train commuters was simple and refreshing. He is right. 
that going to and from work or school is often aggravating. We should be able to get from point A to point B in a timely, pleasant, and cost-effective manner. You could call Joe's vision for New York City-wide ferry service mindful commuting. I am inspired by Joe's unflagging efforts over the past 24 years. He has become an expert in what is necessary to have effective ferry service and a dependable person to hold politicians and ferry boat providers accountable. I wonder how our communities would be different if we each dedicated ourselves to one civic purpose as fervently as Joe. On the next episode of Future Hindsight, our guest is Andrea Miller. She's the president of the National Institute for Reproductive Health and is a nationally recognized expert in reproductive rights and women's health for more than two decades. 80% of the public in a very recent poll that we did said, look, as long as abortion is legal, which it is under Roe versus Wade, women should be able to get safe, affordable, quality abortion care in their own communities. That's 80%. That's four in five people across the country. And when you ask them, so a woman's decided to have an abortion, the reality is one in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime. How would you want that to be? What would you want that experience to be for her once she's made that decision? You see even more support. You see over 90% saying, yes, it should be safe. It should be informed by medically accurate information. Until next time, I'm Mila Atmos. Thank you for listening to Future Hindsight. The executive producer and host of this program is Mila Atmos. The audio producer and music composer is Peter Fedak. The associate producer is Miriam Tsumud. Find us online at futurehindsight.us and listen to us through your favorite streaming services. Thank you.